Praise the Lord. John chapter 1 and beginning in verse 35. Again, the next day, Jesus stood with two of his, or John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to, to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, Simon, you are the son of Jonah. And you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus said to him, answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Father, I thank you that in these next few moments, Lord, you would open each of our hearts to see that we can be one that you would send to one, to reach someone, that you could use us, God, that it is your will to show your love, your grace, your mercy, and your compassion to those that are part of our lives who don't know you. Father, we thank you for what you desire to do and what you're going to do in and through our lives for your glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at your outline with me as we go through this this morning just for a moment. I believe that you and I could be one that was sent for one. That's exactly what happened with Andrew and with Philip. That they went after that one person in their life. Andrew went after his brother Peter and Philip went after his brother Nathaniel. If we read the Bible and we look at life, they are both filled with the accounts of the acts of one sent for one. When one acted on behalf of someone else in their life, they reached out to them, they went after them, they invited them, they carried them, they interceded for them, and they prayed for them. I want you to remember this right now. There is someone praying right now for those that you and I are sent to. I believe this with all my heart. Every person that comes to Christ is literally sent to someone else. There's somebody else. It's not just me coming, but after I come to Christ, like Andrew and Philip, hey, wait a minute, there's somebody else that I'm connected to, that I'm literally sent to. And in that process, the Lord already has prepared their heart. Think about that. When, when Nathaniel came and says, hey, before Philip came to you, I saw you. And God is already looking at them. He's already preparing their hearts. How many would agree with me this morning? 
And so we're sent to that person. But more than that, there are people behind the scenes who are praying for them. It could be a mother or a father, a family member or a friend just praying for someone like you and me to be open, to be used by the Lord and to lead them to Christ. Tuesday night as we were going through our training at the very end, Sally Snow asked if they were doing the My Hope uh, uh project in Kelseyville. And uh, let me just say this, what we're partnering with with Billy Graham for My Hope is not just something right here. This is nationwide. On November 7th, that's the kickoff day. They're, they're telling people they can choose any other day, but November 7th, nationwide, is the day that they're looking at, a week from this Thursday, that people would open their home and invite somebody in to share the gospel, to watch this simple little video, and then at the end, hear people give their testimony on how they accepted Christ. And then for you, just in your home with people that you have a relationship with to share. And Sally says, hey, is there, do you think there's churches in Kelseyville? Because says, I'm praying for my brother. He doesn't know the Lord. He lives there. And maybe somebody will invite them to your home. And I'm sharing with you that with you this morning because when you think, oh, I don't know if I have the courage. I don't know if I could reach him. There's somebody already behind the scenes praying for the person that's on your heart. If you have somebody on your heart that you feel like they need to know the Lord, that God has placed in your life, I guarantee you somebody that you don't know is already praying for them. Thank you for that enthusiasm. Amen. I know that encourages me that I'm not alone. Because that's what the devil says. Hey, you can't do this. You're isolated. You don't. No, I have a whole host behind me. Heaven is behind that person coming to the Lord. Amen. God wants that person to know his love. So that's where we're at. In Matthew chapter 9, and we don't have the time this morning to turn there, but in Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38, Jesus is preaching and he's looking out, and he declared when he saw the people that they were like sheep having no shepherd. And he had sympathy on them because, I like what the Amplified says when he says they were sheep having no shepherd. The Amplified says this. It says they were bewildered. They were harassed and distressed and dejected and helpless. I guarantee you can think of somebody right now that you know that is bewildered about their life. They feel like they're harassed. They're distressed and without any clear direction and they feel helpless about where they're going. Most of us could say that we know that person. Maybe you feel you're not ready to invite someone into your home and to do this on your own. But you can right now think of at least two people that you know without a doubt who would have who, who who, who you have relationship with. And let me just pause. I meant to do this earlier. And I know we passed these out before, but I'm going to do it again. And uh, if I can have some ushers come and help me. And there may be enough here for everybody to get one of these. And if you don't, somebody on this side and somebody on that side. Make sure we get in there. Guys, help us out. And get one of those at least to each family. If you're a couple together, a family together, take one. Not one per person, but one per household right there. We have enough to do that this morning. And I want you to just think about when you open that up, there'll be a place in there that you could think of a name. And all I want you to do is think of somebody. Who do you know that, need, that you already have relationship? It doesn't have to be a stranger off the street. You don't have to go and find this person. You know this person right now. You have relationship. Somebody you've already been praying for, something. But that's going to become your target individual. Believing God that in this next season that God has brought this whole thing together. He's Think about this. I want you to catch a vision of this. This is something that 
that God is doing uh, nationally across our nation right now. Churches all across our nation are on board. I believe God is moving by His Spirit. Think about it like this. You, you, you could be a part of something. There would be a national campaign. If we go to an event, if we said, oh, Billy Graham's going to be at Arco Arena. You know, everybody go, oh, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to try and get an unsaved loved one to go. Well, Billy Graham's going to be in your house. And the whole nation's coming. So you could think about somebody, there's an event that you would take somebody to. This could be the thing that would tear down the walls. This could be the time that they're ready. Instead of finding the reasons why it won't work, let's start believing that this is the day of salvation. Amen? Let's believe that God would do it, and He would do it right now, and He would use us to bring it to pass. Think about it. We can think of at least two people that you know without a doubt who you have relationship with that need the Lord. You know they need God's love to break through in their life. And even though you're not comfortable enough to invite them into your home, you would begin to pray for them right now, starting today, and believe God to touch their heart. Then you would invite them to come to church on November 3rd and November 10th for the next Sunday and the following Sunday. And listen... I want you to get this very clear. I'm not saying don't do this in your home, but I know that there are some people who are listening to this and you're saying, man, I am not comfortable, I am not going there, but we're going to make this sanctuary your house. We're going to give you the opportunity where you can come in and be among friends and have somebody here and we'll make this your house. We will make our sanctuary your living room. We'll show the Defining Moments video and we'll have some people give their testimony of how they came to Christ and this way we can partner together for those people to be saved. How many could agree to that? We could believe God for somebody to be saved. Now hear me, this is not a way out, but a way in. This is not a way out. Wow, pastor, thank you. You let me off the hook. I don't have to invite anybody to my house. Not right now. This is the way in. By that I mean this is phase one to you finding the courage to open your home and to believing God that believing that God will work mightily through your life to reach the lost through your faith for them to be saved. When you invite them and they come to church and give their life to Christ, it will give you the confirmation you need in knowing that God can and will use you. See, the fearful thing is, is that we think about our home sometimes say, hey, what if I invite somebody into my home and nobody comes? What if I invite somebody in and they don't get saved? What if, and we, and we, we shut ourselves down with what ifs. We talk ourselves out of it because of the what if. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do it and believe God. Let's just do that. Praise the Lord. So think about it. Who will you invite into your home? Who will you invite? But if we just invite, you can't say, I can't do that. But you could. I could invite somebody to church. I could target somebody. I could just get into this thing, be all in, and believe God that on November 3rd and on November 10th, they're going to come to church. And on that day, they're going to say yes to God. The walls will fall down. The arguments will go away. Everything will be torn down. It will be their day to come to Christ. Amen. And then when it comes to our home, I want you to think of those same two people in your life right now that you know need the Lord. You know them, and they know you, and there's a connection that is already there. And now you're ready to be bold enough to take the next step and share your faith with them in a way that gives them opportunity to say yes to Christ as their Savior, and to do that in your home. I keep thinking about this. What if God made your home an upper room? 
And, and I, I shared this on Tuesday night. It was such a joy. It, it was an amazing experience when we went to Jerusalem and, and, and we went into the city there. And on the, out, it, the, the upper room was outside the walls of the old city. And you walk around this area and you climb up and you go up into this room up there. And they say, well, this is the upper room. But actually, it's like 42 feet above the upper room. Because when you go to the western wall and you go along the edge of the temple to get down to where the temple was in the day that the upper room actually happened, it's like 42 feet below. Jerusalem is built on 42 feet of rubble. The current city has been sacked and rebuilt so many times that it's built up. So when you walk along the western wall and you go in there, you go down the tunnel and you actually get to the actual gate of the temple there. I have some pictures of it and you could go through and that would go into the courtyard there. You're like 40 some feet below the surface. And so when we're in the upper room, the guy goes, this isn't the upper room. It's a room that's above where we think the upper room was. So by faith, we believe we're in the upper room. We're not there, we're in something, it's kind of like, it worked for the upper room because on the day of Pentecost there was a noise that sounded like wind and there was a fire that looked like, so we're in the room that almost is. Amen? And so we're there, and, 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 but, but we're believing we're pretty close to the place. And so we're going, God, we're so close to the place. And we got these 34 pastors, and we're just singing, and we're praising God. And God floods that place. The power of God comes into that building. If you watch the clip we showed when we came back, and, and we're in there, and we're praising God, and we're singing, then all of a sudden, here comes in these French Pentecostal gypsies behind us, and they're all, and they're going off, and I'm going, yeah, this is awesome. And they're singing, we're going Christian, yeah, we're Christian. It was awesome. Now wait a minute, that's just a bunch of saved people enjoying their salvation. And God shows up and pours out His Spirit like that. And we're going, this is amazing. And, and, and our little guide is going, what is this? And I'm going, okay, this is it. Because that's what they said on the day of Pentecost. They go, what is this? And so, and, and I love Pastor Doug. Doug going, it's the Holy Ghost. You need him right now. Ah. It was awesome. He said, Pastor, why are you saying? Because Jesus said this in Luke 15. He says that all heaven rejoices more over one sinner who repents and comes to Christ than over 99 who are already saved. So if God would do that and would pour out His Spirit like that on people who are saved, who know God's love, and He would do such an amazing thing, what will He do in your house? How will God pour out His Spirit in your house and upon your life when one person comes to Christ? Wow. It's amazing. Amen? It is amazing. Praise the Lord. So think about that. You already know that person. And what if the people I invite... Don't accept or they won't come. Then don't stop with them. Look out in the highways and the byways. There's someone connected to your life that's ready to accept Christ right now. How many have ever got discouraged because you invited people to, to come to church or, or to come to an event or you tried to witness to them and they didn't want to have anything to do with you and just shut you down? How many had that experience? How many got discouraged? 
Amen. I shared it with the men during discipleship this morning, and it was just this. Jesus was the original moveon.org. Because he just said, hey, if, if they don't receive you, just move on. Because you'll, you'll find somebody and you'll come to... But the devil wants you to get discouraged. He wants you to give up. But I want to tell you, there is somebody connected to your life that's ready to accept Christ right now. If we would just believe. Amen? If we would just believe. So what do I do? Keep praying for those who don't accept. And one day, they'll be open and say yes. But don't stop with them. Amen? Think about this. Almost 75% of all people who come to church and accept Christ come because someone personally invited them to come. If you get call, Google George Barna and, and look up his research on, on church and church attendance and everything, 74 to 75% of people who come to church were invited personally by somebody in their life to come. Amen. So what means that everything else we do, if you take everything else the church does, you lump that into the remaining 25%. And we put a lot of emphasis on, on the segments of that 25%, but everything else only gets a piece of that 25%. There's no one other thing that has a higher percentage than you inviting somebody to come. The highest percentage of people saying yes to Christ happens when just one person believes he's sent to one person. And they invite them to come. Think about that. This means that three out of every four people that come to church and to Christ do so because someone reached out in faith and invited them to come. So if we ask and keep asking, if we knock and keep knocking, the door will be opened. Amen? And let me just say this to you this morning. Don't buy the lie. Live the truth. The devil gives us all kinds of lies. If you're a Christian and when it comes to sharing your faith, you're scared. That's not coming from God. Anything that gets you to shut up and, and, and to back up and, and, and to stop and to withdraw and to retract from sharing your faith with others and telling others what great thing has God done in your life is not coming from Him. God is going to use you to reach those in your life that do not know Christ. Remember, every person saved changes the moral climate of our homes, our community, our churches, one soul at a time. Think about that. And I, I, I got excited and I started thinking about it again. And one of the things we do when we originally got involved and, and, uh, with the agape and uh, uh, the sex trafficking trade, we went to a whole series on what to do. And it's not just enough to take the people to arrest the people that, that are trafficking the girls and take them off the street. Because when they go back on the street, they know that there's still a market. So they go right back to that because it's supply and demand. Because there is a demand, they're going to continue to, to create the supply. Are you listening to me? So the key is that you have to take away the demand. And every time somebody is saved, it doesn't matter what it is. The demand for drugs and alcohol declines when some people get saved. The use of perverted and illicit materials declines when people get saved. When demand goes down, supply is reduced. Remove the user and you drive the suppliers out of business. So every time somebody gets saved, when you lead one person to cry, when you believe you are one sent to one and God would use you, you have just changed the whole moral climate of our community, of a home, and of our church. Come on. God uses us in a great way. Think about it.
Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're here and you felt that you were not good enough to come to Christ or that you need to change before He would accept you. The good news of the gospel is just this. You don't have to change to come to the Father through Christ. How many can believe that? I'm so thankful for that. Jesus is not ashamed of anything we have done. He chose rather to identify with our pain and rejection, our heartbreak and failure, our wounds and discouragement, and to carry it all to His cross on our behalf so that you and I could be free. Think about it. What that means is that you and I are debt free. How many would like to be debt free? No debt, everything paid, just living fully free on cash. Wouldn't that be nice? Amen. Well, that's possible too. You just have to change the way you live. A little bit of help there this morning. Amen. I think about it. To be debt free means that he paid the full price of the debt of our sin. I like what it said. He paid a debt that I owed and I could not pay. I had a debt that I could not pay and he paid that for me. The price of our sin. He paid the full price of the debt of our sin, canceling out the payment that was due, giving us the ability to live debt-free from here on out by the power of His grace. Amen? Working in our lives. Free from the debt of building, the debt-building nature of sin. Sin builds debt. Sin accumulates debt that way because it takes things without paying for them. Amen. And so everything about it, 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 it has to have a payment. Paul wrote to the Roman church, says the wages of sin is death. And so it has a payday. How many know what, do you know what debt is? It's pushing the full payment off to a later date. I get it, but I'm going to pay for it later. I buy it, but I'm going to pay for it later. I engage in it, I partake of it, but I'm going to pay for it later. How many know that's the definition of sin? Sin puts us into debt. I partake of it now, but I will pay for it later. Jesus came along and man had accumulated this great debt. And he said, there's no way I can get out. So Jesus said, here's what I'll do. I will cancel your debt. I will pay the full price for the debt of your sin. And I will set you free. And not only that, I will empower you to live from that debt-free nature for the rest of your life. But you have to choose to be debt free. There are some of you here this morning. We could come to you. And we could cut up every credit card. We could pay off every balance of your life. But if you don't change what you're doing in three years. You would be the same or worse than you are right now. Which is why people when they win the lottery. When they win the jackpot. When they pull on the one arm bandit. And it spits out enough quarters to pay their bills. For a couple years. In another couple years. They're back there trying to pull on the bandit again. To pay their bills again. Could I get an amen in the house this morning. Because they didn't they, they got a breakthrough but they didn't change and the change they got from the bandit wasn't the change they needed for their life and so as a result because they didn't change their life they're still doing the same things that accumulate the debt and so you get out you've heard me tell the story in 1998 I wanted to be out I didn't like where we were I didn't like the circumstances that had got us to where we were and God supernaturally intervened in our life and some people came into our home one day and they said we want to obey God we want to pay off your credit card debt will you let us I said yes by all means obey God 
But we had already made a decision several months before that and began positioning ourselves to get out of debt. We made the choice. We weren't going to charge certain things anymore. We weren't going to do certain things. And I'm talking on a financial realm right here, but it applies spiritually the same way because people come into the house of God and say, oh, I need to be under the weight. I'm, I'm under such debt for my failures and my past, and, and I, want, I want God to lift this off of me. But I don't want to change what I'm doing. But we had already made the decision to change. And then God agreed with our decision to change. Brought these people in. And since 1998, we have lived debt free. I have some credit cards in my, in my, in, in my uh, clip here. But every one of them is for convenience. Every one of them has a zero balance. And you're supposed to live that way. Can I get an amen? But that's what Jesus... And He empowers us. And I found out, hey, if I would just wait, it would come. And so I still get to do everything that I thought I had to charge to do. But now because you change the way you do it, it's coming as if you would on the other side in resurrection. And for your life in Christ, He paid the debt for your sin. But what happens is, is we come to Christ, but we don't change our behavior. We come in, we never get the new identity. We still have a debt mentality. And we walk out and we live by that old way. And then we wonder, how does this reaccumulate in our lives? I wrote this down this morning and uh, in my shower shaving time. Listen. When we come to church but don't come to Christ, we live our lives by the identity and values of this world. And that in turn shapes and determines the direction we take in life. We must begin with the brand new identity in Christ. This is new life. This in turn redefines our values and identity and values always influence and determine the direction that one takes in life. To be made debt free but still living with and by the old habits and patterns that got me into debt in the first place is foolishness. Did you hear me? To be living with that mindset that, I, that got me there in the first place is foolishness. To think that one will not end up in debt again is deception. And what happens is that spiritually if I come to Christ and I say yes to God... But then I go out just like on a financial way. You pay off all my bills, but I go out and I think, oh, I, I want to go get lunch today, but I don't have $7, so I'll just put it on my visa and I'll pay for it later. But then because it's only a $7 balance, I let it carry over. And that $7 begins to accumulate interest. And that interest begins to come. And the next time, well, it was only $10. And then it was only $15. And then it was only $75. And then it was only $150. And then, but the big screen TV was on sale and it was $300 off. So I got it for $6.99 instead of $1.99. And so now I go, wait a minute. How did I get a $3,000 debt? Because you didn't change. Could I get an amen this morning? And so the same way with us spiritually, if I go out, well, I, I know that I'm free from sin, but you know what? It's just one drink with the boy. You know what? It's just one party over here. It's just one thing over there, and it's debt. But wait a minute. You engaged for it, but you didn't pay for it yet. And just because you're saved and you're debt free, it doesn't mean that you no longer have to pay for that. Can I get an Amen. So what am I saying? Jesus died for us to be free and He gives us the power to live that way. 
Hear me this morning. Free from debt and, and the debt-building nature of our sin. His heart is always to forgive and to restore and renew. He forgives our sins and failures, restores our identity in Him, renews our value as His child, and resets our direction in life with His purpose. All we have to do is repent, confess our sin, and desire to turn away from where we have been and what we are doing to live the new life He has made available for us to live. Asking for and relying upon His help through the work of His Spirit in our life. Hear me as I close. The worship team comes back this morning. Grace is both His action to redeem us and His power to work within us to enable us to live the debt-free life we were created to live. How many know when God created man, He didn't create Him to live in bondage to sin? In debt to sin? But to live free. And so God's grace not only is the act that He did in giving His Son to give us life, but it is the power within us to live by that sin-free nature. Amen? Free of that debt nature. Praise the Lord. When we read the Gospels, we find that Jesus never called anyone who was ready to be and to do what He was calling them to do. He called those whom he saw had potential and the willingness to become what he was calling them to be. It was not based on their merit or ability or their gifting or their talent, education or pedigree, culture or background. It was all about who they would become in him. And I want you to hear me this morning as we're talking about this and about reaching out to someone. So many times we discredit ourselves because we say, I'm not able, I don't have the ability, I don't know what I would say. Everybody Jesus called was in that category. Every person. But he knew the potential in them if they would live by his life. Think about it. He would give them his life, fill them with his spirit, anoint them with his power, endue them with his gifts, place, on, place them in his body, and after spending time with him, they would turn the world upside down. That's what Jesus did. Acts chapter 4, it says when Peter and John were before the the. the, the the temple there and the priest there, that they looked at them after healing the blind man and they took note of them that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. Amen? Something powerful happens when we believe that in our life. Come on, if we spend time with Him, this transformation takes place and we are well able. Think about it. We all know and see people every day who seem to be beyond hope and outside of the possibility of being able to turn their life around. How many know when people saw you before you got saved, that's what they thought of you? That's what people thought of me. That boy's lost. That boy's beyond hope. That boy's a mess. Amen. But I like the fact that God never sees as we do. Hear me this morning. God never sees like we do. And we need to be able to see as He does. Everyone to Him is able to be forgiven, restored, renewed and redeemed to their full value in this life. Eli, if you get that last clip ready, I want you to watch. My hope with Billy Graham is a Yeah. Billy Graham is a massive nationwide outreach. Individual Christians right. like you will look around and reach out in love to your friends, family, and neighbors who don't know Jesus Christ. You'll make a list and look up in prayer every day for each person. 
As you prepare, look out for opportunities to build your relationships. In November 2013, you'll look forward and invite those individuals to your home or other event. After refreshments, you'll watch a special program with music, stories, and Billy Graham's presentation of the gospel. You'll have the training you need to share how Jesus gives you hope and ask your guests to pray and place their faith in Christ. You'll be equipped to look after new believers with Bible study guides and connect them to your church. Millions of Christians have done this across the globe, and so can you. Go to the website and get involved today. Amen. Let me just say that it's just that simple. Just look around. We could see people around us. And then just look up in prayer and start praying for people. The people that you would put on that list, if you prayed for them up until either Thursday night, November 7th in your home, if you can do it that night, or Friday night or Saturday night, the 7th, 8th, or 9th, if you can invite somebody into your home. We have about 25 people signed up right now to do that. At the end of service, our interns are going to be at the door, and if you want to sign up, you can do that. We have a Matthew packet to give you and the training materials. Tuesday night, we're going to continue on with our training, and there's information there. You can go online, you can register online, and you can go through all the training that's there as well, and and, and get all the extra information. We can't do it all in just the two Tuesday nights. But there's so much information and so many tools that are put in our hands. But it's so important that if we would just do that, look around and then look forward in prayer. Look forward to this coming weekend, November 3rd and November 10th. And on the video it said, you know, you invite them to your home, you'll give them some food. You could turn around and say, hey, why don't you come to church? We're having a chili feed and a bake sale afterward and a little boutique. It's going to be awesome. Our, the people in our church come cook some of the best chili. And, and, and you could hear we're having a great Billy Graham presentation. Use it however you want. If, if you're at that place, you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm just not ready to bring them into my home. But I would invite them to the event here at the church and believe God that this is their time. Amen? This is their time. Just to agree. It's just like, listen guys, it's like this. When, 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 when somebody brings me a word of knowledge and say, I believe God wants to touch these areas, and, and, and we call for these things up here. Number one, I didn't come up with that. So if God lays out on somebody's hearts and they say it, then I have no responsibility except to agree. Just to agree. God, I believe that's exactly what you want to do. And, and I'm just all out there enough to say, I agree. And lay hands on you and agree with what God said he wanted to do. And I believe that it's still true that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if anybody would believe on him, they would not perish but have everlasting life. I still believe that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe that if I allow myself to be sent as one to one and invite somebody or share the good news with somebody, they'll say yes to Christ. Because all I have to do is agree. Amen. Hallelujah. Lastly, let me close with this. Think about it. All that remains is for us to agree with Him and with His love. He still loves the world that He gave His Son for. All He asks us to do is love them enough to tell them about what He has done for us and what He desires to do for them as well. Come on, guys, just pass the word. How many of you ever done something great, you went someplace great, you ate someplace great, you, you, you partook of something, and you just told somebody what a great time you had. Nobody's ever done that. 
Wow, you people are rude. Have you ever done that? You told somebody about a great experience. Man, I, you have to try this. Anybody, come on, help me out here. You, you won't believe it. This is awesome. I, I do that a lot of times. You know, I, I enjoy movies and stuff like that. It's really hard to find one that you don't have to compromise yourself to see. And when you do, I like telling people, hey, check this out. It's good. I get discouraged when people say, check it out. It's really clean. And then you go and you're embarrassed. I go, dude. Amen. Set me up. Amen. Now what? But that's all we're doing. Wait a minute. I've had such a great. How many could say giving your life to Christ was a good decision? It was awesome. You go, man, that was so that was awesome. Hey, let me tell you. It's no different than telling somebody about the restaurant, telling somebody about a, actually a clean movie, telling somebody actually about a great place to do, an entertainment, something, an activity. It's the same thing. We evangelize for the world all the time. We're promoting the business of the world all the time. All we're doing here is saying, you know what? I'm going to promote the business of the kingdom. I'm so excited. God is so great in my life. I think I'll tell somebody. Amen? Hallelujah. Tonight, we're going to cover this with prayer. Tonight from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, we're going to have intercessory prayer. We're going to do two things. We're going to pray that God would start a revival right here in us. And I'm just honest with you this morning. There's things in my life I need to change and things that I need to get back to. I tell the men in discipleship this morning, Pastor Sue and I were coming back. I shared with Sean the other day is that we listened to the, the story about a gentleman named Gypsy Smith, an evangelist in the early 1900s, and he was an Englishman, actually a literal gypsy, and, and, and uh, traveled across the, the United States, I mean the ocean by boat, somewhere between 40 to 45 times between America and Australia, preaching the gospel. In every public meeting, he never preached a public meeting or setting like this that someone didn't come to Christ throughout his ministry. Some young men came to him one time and said, Hey, how can we see God's power and His saving grace work in our life like you? He says, It's simple. Just go put yourself in a prayer room somewhere. And draw a big circle on the floor. And then put yourself in it. And get down and ask God to send revival right there in that circle. To start with you. To break you, do whatever it takes for God to literally come in and transform your life. And don't leave that circle until God breaks through in your life. Amen? And then you walk out of there and you carry that with you. Amen. Tonight, we're going to pray like that in our intercessory prayer right here. We're going to ask God to break through in our life. And then we're going to pray for those people on our list. Pray, literally pray, God, j just like a family member is praying, then somebody, God, do something in the lives of these person. God, we believe that we're one that is sent to one. Amen? And then there in your bottom, there's the information where you can go and get that information and be a part. How many believe God would use you? That he could. I shared Tuesday night. Just think about this. Think about it. This last Tuesday night, we did the training. Just think what it would be like Next Sunday, be exciting. 
we invite people and you bring somebody, but you're here and you watch that person get saved, but because you invited them to come. And then next, on the 10th, the following Sunday on the 10th, when people have invited them to come, I said, well, there were just the, 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 the 25 or 30 of us there. I said, what if it was just us that said yes? But on November 10th, on that Sunday morning, 25 or 30 people were in this sanctuary, brand new, sitting next to you, and you, and you, and you, because you allowed yourself to be one that was sent to one, and they were worshiping God, and God used you. How cool would that service be? Amen? So that's what I'm believing for. I believe there's people in our life, and all it takes is just us to agree. Bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you're here today and you're that person who struggled with coming to Christ. You're aware of your debt. You're aware of where you've been, the choices you've made. You wonder how to get out from underneath this burden that you've been carrying. And you're here today and you you're, you're just have hope in your heart that somehow God's compassion will touch your life and set you free. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Don, pray with me. Please pray with me today. I need God's hope. I need some debt cancellation in my life. I want to be free, and I want to know how to live free. I don't want to go back. I want to say yes to God. I want to learn how to live debt-free from sin the rest of my life. I'm ready to give it up. I'm ready to sell out, to say yes to God with all my heart. That's you today. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Is that anybody? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me so much. You gave your son to pay the price for my sin. Today, I confess my sin. I repent. I turn around. I'm not going that way anymore. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live by your grace. And your power in my life. Thank you. For paying my debt. Setting me free. I am. Debt free. From the bondage. Of my sin. I'm saved. Delivered. Right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on give the Lord a good praise. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I want you to do this. I guarantee you, if you will just agree with God, God will use you. Tuesday night, we're going to continue our training. Tonight, we're going to pray. But I want to challenge you to believe God to open your home. And our intern's going to be at the door. You sign up. We, we have some Matthew packets here, the training packet. Everything is in there. It's an amazing, amazing tool to use. But I'm agreeing with God and what He wants to do in our country. Amen? Think about it. If we do it on Thursday night, think about it. You could be a part of the greatest crusade that America has ever seen. Homes all across this nation opening up and the gospel being shared. People coming to the Lord by possibly the millions across this nation. And you can be a part of that. God would use you in a great way. You say, well, Pastor.